Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, an unconventional podcast for the unconventional music lover, brought to you by Music on the Move Studios, a woman-led company working to help musicians move their careers forward through education and live events. I am your host, Katie Thompson, and welcome to Season 2's finale. We have done it, friends. We've made it through Season 2, and I am just really freaking elated. I am so, I'm so proud of everything that this podcast has achieved so far and everything that it's going to achieve come season three. We have so many wonderful ideas for the rest of 2022. So basically, this is what's going to happen. We are going to focus primarily on posting content and just kind of recapping what happened in the last two seasons. And we're going to have a couple of minisodes and a couple of episodes get launched here and there. But the cool thing is we're going to really take the time to try to build this podcast and really make it go somewhere. And we need your help to do that. So if you could, please, if you are listening and you haven't done this yet, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or even on Spotify, which you can do that now. If you could please share this with all of your friends, your family, and you know, just, just post about it, just even one post and tag me in it. I will absolutely give you the biggest shout out and I will send you a virtual hug because I really believe in what we're doing on this podcast and I think that there's a wealth of information here that will really help musicians and and also there's some really cool stories. So I just I really hope that you have enjoyed your time so far in season two and also in season one and I just I really look forward to season three and I look forward to your input. So Remember, you can reach out to me at info at musiconthemovestudios.com. That is always going to be in the show notes for you if you ever need a reference. Um, So let's just talk about what's happening today on the episode. And I have another proud moment because uh, we brought my sister Leslie back on the show to close out the season because she wrote a book. And it's a really amazing book called White Lantern. And so Aaron and I, we wanted to kind of talk about, you know, a little bit more about what it's like being a musician and a writer and how both of these two things kind of, you know, ping pong back and forth for Leslie and how they influence her writing as a songwriter, but also as an author. So I really hope that you guys enjoy this episode. We had a bunch of laughs and really good time. So again, thank you so very much for being on this journey with us and being an avid listener and caring about your local artists and your indie artists. And if you are an indie artist and you're listening to this podcast, I would love nothing more than to hear your music and, you know, throw it on a playlist for you uh, because we plan on doing some Spotify playlists for all the artists that have been on Music on the Move. And if you would just like to come on the show and talk about your music, please let me know. I would love to have you. So without further ado, here's our season finale with Aaron McClendon, myself, and my sister, Leslie Alexander. Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, everybody. I am your host, Katie Thompson. This is my sister, Leslie Alexander. And on the other side of your screen is... Hello and hi, it's Aaron McClendon, your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the season finale. Congratulations! <laughs> Thank you did you. it, season two! Yay, season two! So hey, proud Katie. of you, sister. <laughs> I'm very, 
like very proud of this season. There was some cool stuff that went ha- like went down in this season. We had amazing guests and a lot of really cool music that we got to showcase. Yeah, and you've by the way been doing an absolutely phenomenal job mm. and uh, I'm really really proud of you. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. That keeps going. That no, keep no really. Don't stop. Stop. <laughs> I too am very proud of you, Katie. This season has been so much fun to listen to, uh, even when I'm not on the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for season three. I can't wait to see what you pull out of your hat for that. Uh, we'll find out. I'm not sure yet either. But season three will air in February. And, um, you know, just onward and upward to better things. And continuing to grow our community at Music on the Move is, you know, is just one of our massive priorities. And I feel like this podcast has given our artists a platform to really discuss their music in depth and talk about even some social issues that are on their hearts, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. And I loved all the minisodes that we did, Aaron. I had so much fun. They were <laughs> Me like, too. It wasn't work at all. It was just like, no. let, let's screw around and have a good time. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm especially proud of the fact that now that when people like question my whole hatred for mayonnaise, I can just send them an episode and be like, listen. You don't have to actually explain. You just go, go listen to this. Go listen to this episode on this podcast and you'll understand. You probably still won't understand, but you'll understand my hatred and anger. Yes. <laughs> and why you're wrong that you like and it. And why you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Miss Katie, why are we here today other than the fact that it is the season finale of well, Paradox Jukebox? So because Leslie is also a member of the Music on the Move community. She is indeed. We're showcasing the book that she just wrote. <laughs> White Lantern. White there Lantern. Is. There so, it is. It's, it's still beautiful. weird to see it in 3D. Like, oh, yeah. you know, uh, putting everything together. And then when I got my copy in the mail, Katie was there. And she, I, I'm holding the, env- the Amazon envelope. And I look at her. She goes, is that what I think it is? I was like, Yes. And I rip it open and I just like screamed. Yeah. Because it's oh. real. <laughs> it's real. Yeah. And how long have you been working on it? I started writing this when I was pregnant with my oldest son. So it's been 12 years. Wow. And I honestly never thought I would actually publish it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I just was like, it was, it was a really fun thing. And I was really convinced I was going to get a traditional publishing deal for a while. And I was looking for an agent and I was doing all of this stuff. And I paid for an absolutely terrible professional editor that did not want to read the book at all. She did not get any of the humor in it. And I was like, am I that off base? Like, am I that out of touch with reality? And I'm like, oh, no, you just suck at your job. That's unfortunate. <laughs> Moving on. Um, but yeah, the woman did not like paranormal no, oh. no, and she advertised that she did, um, but she clearly did not. <laughs> so it would, yeah, that's a whole nother episode. We don't need to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it was twelve years in the making, and I picked it up and put it down, and picked it up and put it down, and pulled it all apart and put it back together, and then I com- scrapped half of it, and then I redid it. It was, yeah, it was a trial. So this is yeah. a true labor of love, a very intense passion project. I'm really really happy that it is in physical form now i bet you are 12 years yeah katie can you imagine writing something for 12 years 
Uh, the, I think the closest that you and I have ever gotten <laughs> would have been Pied Piper. Pied Piper. Because yeah. it, she wrote it in high school, and 10 years later, we finished it. And for those oh, of you who need go. context, Katie and I are in a group called the Lucky Penny Sisters, and we hey. released an EP in 2015. I graduated in 2002, uh, yeah. wrote <laughs> one of the songs on the EP in high school, and uh, we didn't actually finish it put it all together until that ep so yeah that was that was also a labor of love yeah i still love that song mm -hmm. yeah so there's a lot of parallels between songwriting and writing a book um yeah but typically uh yeah they don't take as long yeah <laughs> right <laughs> what's that quote i think it was it's it was one of the country people who said you have your entire life to write your first album you have six months to write the second one right I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> so when's the second book coming out, Leslie? Um, somebody <laughs> said that to me. One of my friends made a post on uh, Facebook. He's like, isn't it so cool that now you get to say for my next novel? He's like, you're not even 40 yet. And you get to say for my next novel. I was like, those words have not come out of my, my mouth. Like... <laughs> what i'm like i i don't even i'm so blown away by the response that i've already gotten from friends family from complete and total strangers um it's been humbling and otherworldly in its own right <laughs> sure sure but it's it's been on it's been on my mind about like how do we promote this so that she gets this book to the point where it's in the hands of a publisher so she can write her next book? Yeah, buddy. I told Katie, I was like, if I get if I get to quit my day job, I could absolutely write books for a living. I am yeah. I am a twelve year old, like mentally already, and I'm just <laughs> skip from one one idea to the next. It, it shouldn't take me twelve years for the next one. So I don't know when, but let's just say it won't be twelve years. Can okay, confirm. Good. Good. Can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless. You can already tell this episode's going to be interesting. Oh, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Yes. That's awesome. Uh, so one thing Katie and I were talking about, like, like you've already mentioned, writing a book is very similar to songwriting because yeah. it's a creative process and you're trying to get your point across. Um, but can you talk about how, like, did this writing process influence your songwriting process or vice versa? Oh, absolutely. Um, I definitely. Like, you know how the muse is either with you or it's not, mm -hmm. you know, and you can tell when it's not. And I've, I've learned in my own process. I can't, I can't force that. I can't force that transaction of my creativity and my, you know, physical prowess to put everything together. If it's just not happening but if I get in that lane and it's like go time to not let it go, like that I have to prioritize that opportunity ahead of others. So I have I have canceled plans with friends. <laughs> Sorry, friends. Um, I have absolutely like shirked off on mom duties and and cleaning duties and household needs. If I'm like in the lane, I'm in the lane. And that is something that is absolutely true of my songwriting and my creative writing. Um, and then I will actually get song lyric ideas and I'm like, Ooh, I could spin a tail out of that. <laughs> so it's like it's like they're they're sisters constantly mm -hmm. tossing ball, you know. I wonder um, where you got that from. I, don't <laughs> know. I was gonna what? say which one are you? Which one's Katie? <laughs> right. 
I think I think at some points we're interchangeable with the mental unagi that Katie and I have the ability unagi yeah <laughs> the ability to read each other's mind and Katie and I now have an inside joke um because <laughs> I I have so much in my head it's a mess it's just it's a I know pretty bird at least I'm cute right um but I ha- I'm like, it's like, you know how your brain actually has to tell your body to do physical things like, you know, pick up the cup, push the button, you know, put on your coat. I have so much going on in my brain. I just do weird, random stuff. And I don't really know who decided. There's like a secondary voice in my head going, wait, who sent the order? Stop. Everybody stop. <laughs> so Katie jokes with me and she's like, Les, I'm going to need you to pick a voice, pick a voice, pick one voice, one voice, pick one. Pick one and roll with it, honey. I don't care which one I get right now. I just I need I just one need person one. in the room. Oh, that's so, funny. <laughs> but when she trips me out voice. and she reads my mind, I'm like, you need to snap the heck out of there. We've got too many folks up here. Like too many cooks too in many the voices. <laughs> too many cooks in the kitchen. Um, I'm I'm just lucky the voices in my head haven't unionized against me at this no juncture. <laughs> yet, yet. yet. <laughs> I am young yet. Word. I ha- there's time. There is time. Yes. Bless. <laughs> okay so we've talked about the book so why don't we talk about the nitty-gritty of what the book is about okay so white lantern is about a woman named audra sullivan she is born with the ability to see ghosts and um in self-defense she ends up killing a boyfriend and terrified of him haunting her on the other side she completely shuts down all of her gifts um and lives like that For eight years, she lives completely free of any sort of connection or or conversations with the spirit world. And she ends up having an oopsie one night, freak accident, hits her head, and all of those walls are wiped away. And when she comes to, the first face she sees is the face of the boy she killed. So that's chapter one, a little snippet. Oh, wow. Roller coaster of emotions in chapter one. I left a lot out. So okay. definitely buy the book. It's a good read. Yeah. Wow. Chapter, like the first page slaps you across the face. Like it <laughs> grabs you literally from the very first page. That's awesome. Yeah. I love books that are not slow to start. That mm. Like don't, don't give me a, a running start. Like throw me in there. Yeah, I want to know. There's not a whole lot slow in this book. Um I really, really wanted to just like jump right in both feet and have you like get in there, get in the meat of it. Um, and even people, I uh, I have a girlfriend whose father is um, a publisher, like for a very, very small print house that he started. And he's a writer as well. And my very first draft of this, uh, I sent to him. He's like, yeah, I'd love to read it, you know, and just give you some some healthy critique. And he goes, I don't read this stuff. Uh, This is not my genre. I would never choose this book for me. But I could see myself if somebody left it like in a plane and on a plane, I would have picked it up. I would have just started reading it and I would have finished it because it was that good. Wow. And I was like, what? And I mean, it's so much better now that it's been edited. So So that that was uh, that's something I, I clung to and I held on to that feedback for a really long time. That's amazing. I love that. And honestly, like some of my favorite books are the ones I randomly picked up. Yeah. 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 I find the same. Yeah. I find the same. Yep. Yeah. So how, 
Katie and I were talking about it um, the last time she was in town, or I think it was like two times ago or something. We're sitting there, and she's telling me all about it, and she's all sorts of excited. I'm like, oh, my God, I cannot wait to read this. And I go, how many pages is it? She goes, well, last I checked, it was like over 800. And oh. I was like, what? <laughs> okay, it's not over 800. It's actually over 470, but it's that's fine. Yeah, the first true. draft was more, though. Right? Oh, God, yeah. Wasn't it? Okay, <laughs> it, was. it wasn't. Was I was it trying to be J.R. Tolkien. <laughs> wasn't 800. Was it like seven something? It was 700. Okay, it was Jeez. 700. I was First draft, I was close. Yeah, All right. I, was wasn't, I was not over-exaggerating. Yeah, but and no, the thing she's... is, I'm not overly verbose, but I really do like, like, another part of Audra's powers is she's an empath, like, heavy empath. Mm-hmm. So... And she sees things. She doesn't just feel them. Like, she sees clouds of color and she sees sparks that fly. Like, with certain emotions, everything's different. And, like, the way that they taste to her are different. Like, so she goes through a lot. And I really wanted the reader to go through a lot with her. Um, So it's not that, you know, I'm trying to to be, you know, Pearl Buck or anything and go on for eight pages about, you know, a street scene. It's not like that, I promise. (laughs) Well, that's good. (laughs) When she told me eight pages, I was like, I might have to get the cliff note on that one. I couldn't. (laughs) 800 pages, not eight pages. But no, I'm, I'm excited to read it. My, I ordered the hard copy, the hard, hardcover copy. Thank you. It is available. Sign it. Yeah, it's available right. on Amazon right now in paperback and hardcover, and I'm also going to ha- uh, put it into Barnes & Noble Press, and then um, also Ingram Sparks as well. So all of that, all of that is coming. I just, Yay! you know, I'm also trying to be a musician and a mom, and I work in a law office full-time. So, you know, I have to sleep in there somewhere. Or somewhere. at least that's what the doctors say. Sleep Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, Whatever. It, it truly is. So uh, one more point I want you to talk about, because uh, we've actually talked to you about this before, but like being a mom and chasing your dreams. Yeah. One of my favorite things about you is that you've instilled that into your kids. That that is a normal thing. Yeah. Um, So I want to hear what their reaction to their mom, not only being a musician is, but also being an author. Oh gosh, they, I, I posted a photo of them after like, cause we have, I have a 50, 50 custody split with my ex-husband, their father. Um, and it, it works great. We have a, a great setup. I'm very fortunate. So it goes a week on with mom, a week with dad and we flip on Fridays. And so I got my copy of the book on a Thursday. So then the next day I had it, like they knew it was all coming. They were super excited. But them seeing it and like holding it, the picture, like I don't know how well you can. I can't see, it see on that, there. Katie. <laughs> Katie's trying to show She's her phone to the, the camera. Light. But um, yeah, I can also share it. There's a, a Facebook page for White Lantern. If you just look up White Lantern, it will look like the cover. The profile page will look like that. You can follow that, and I can put it on there. But their faces, like usually when I'm like smile for the picture, they're like cheesing, being ridiculous. But the like genuine full-on huge toothed grin that I got out of both of them and my oldest son goes mom it's real it's real I said it is real and then it was that weekend um I let him stay up late in the summertime you know we do movie nights every night there's usually popcorn everywhere it's it's sure. lovely so we were up until like 1 30 in the morning and they're both exhausted so I'm scooting them to bed and I, I, they have to be tucked in still. God bless them. I love that. And my oldest was like half asleep and his face is smushed in the pillow. And he's like, mom, 
you're so awesome. You're a rock star and you're a total author and I just love you so much. I'm like, love you too, kiddo. I was like, you're awesome. And he was like, no, no, no. You get all the awesome tonight. It's your awesome night. You take it. I was like, I'll take that. I will take that. He's so cute. They are very They're so sweet. They are very sweet. They good we boys. have a, an incredible relationship. And um, they're my like my whole entire heartbeat. And I just want them to know like if I can do this, who knows what you can do? You can do anything. Yeah. You know, like if I can do all of these things just because I'm a lover of life and I wanna have the experience. If I never write another book again, okay, fine. You know? If um if I never get to sing again, like I'll find I'll find another thing. I totally plan on singing again though. Um but it's I just want them to know like the infinite possibilities, if you can dream that big, you can make it your reality. That is absolutely within your grasp. I love that. So thank you. Thank you very much. Of course. I your kids are just so cute. I know, <laughs> right? I did good. She made pretty kids. You did, did make pretty kids and funny kids. And they're oh, yeah. funny. <laughs> they're <laughs> really hilarious. funny. Oh, my gosh. They crack Katie and I up all the time. All yeah. the time. All the one-liners. All the witty banter. It just The fun never stops over here. None. But you know what? She instigates really well. Oh, I bet she does. Yeah. I'll I mean, send you I a video. Aunt Katie. Oh, yeah. She's, it's no. in the job description. It's cool, Aunt Katie, by the way. Get it right. Don't cool, you get Aunt it. Katie. Don't you get it twisted. <laughs> Uh, so Katie as somebody who's read the book I want to know from you like what is one of your favorite parts oh okay so disclaimer I have read draft one this is like what no you actually like you read it in 2017 yeah okay so there's only been two drafts since then okay so which one was that I don't I I lost count (laughs) oh you know what (laughs) after 21 guys counting isn't cool yeah we just Mm -hmm. stop counting okay just stop well, anyway, I, I read an early draft, yes. and I think one of the one of the parts that I loved the most was um, kind of like well, it was a series of things. It was a series of events that were happening while Audra and Declan and Nadi they were all trying to figure out what was going to happen next? Like, what was the next big thing? So they're they're just kind of, like, doing the whole, like, Scooby-Doo crew, like, trying to, you know, solve the mystery and and everything. And I just, I loved, I just loved the dialogue that went back and forth between all of these characters because they, they kind of came together as a team to really figure out what Audra needs to do next before she has to, like, have her big final showdown with Kristoff. And so... For me, that was just a really exciting point because I just kept going more, more, more. You know, <laughs> so when I was reading this book, I was in England. I was doing a radio tour, and when you're on the tube, there's no service. There's nothing to freaking do. So I was like, Leslie, send me your book. You know, <laughs> so so she had emailed me the book, and that was literally what I spent my time on the tube and in the station doing was reading through this book and thank God uncle Martin was there to be like, okay, go to the left, you know, cause <laughs> my head's on my phone, you know, and he's trying to keep me from like bumping into people. Um, but, but yeah, I just, I don't know. It, 
that part of the book got really exciting because I knew some heavy stuff was about to drop. So yeah, it re- there are really really heavy parts of it. Um, but I worked really hard to um, instill a lot of humor, like you know the diet, the dynamic between Audra and her best friend Nadia. Um, and then there's you know there's actually kind of a carousel of of male characters that uh, that weave in and out of it. I like boys and. Um, <laughs> Um, so that was really really fun and I but I worked I worked a lot it was I'd never seen anything supernatural or paranormal most of it just deals with the occult or secular belief about the the occult Uh, being a Christian being raised in the church and loving my faith and still you know loving the Lord and having a very close-knit relationship with uh with my savior I was like I want to kind of use this as a how to, you know, go through spiritual warfare. Because the Bible says that spiritual warfare is a very, very real thing. And yeah. that there is an enemy, you know, lurking about seeking those which they may des- they may devour. And so everything that, every tool that Audra uses, aside from her, you know, her gift to see spirit, every tool was given to her. Like, it, there, everything she needed was, was in the book, the book of the Bible, the books of the Bible. So I worked really, really hard to make that absolutely congruent uh, for, you know, my faith-based community. Because as, as a believer, but I'm also like obsessed with ghost stories. I don't know why. It's just a thing I have. Um, I That was something I hadn't found. And they, they say, you know, to aspiring writers, write the book you want to read. And I hadn't really found one. And there's some that touch on it. Like, oh, here's a, there's a part of the Bible that says this. And then you have to go get some sacred spear from some mummy tomb that's, you know, <laughs> stabbed a specific beetle <laughs> in the middle of the night during whatever solstice. I don't know. It's a, they always go <laughs> to some sort of, you know, relic. And um, uh, one of my favorite parts about this book is how it really focuses on the you know, what, what scripture says, uh, spiritual Mm -hmm. warfare is and how to combat it. That's awesome. That's really cool. And so all of the like evangelical extremists who all banned Harry Potter cannot come after you. Oh, they're going to, (laughs) they're going to, and you know what? That's okay. But here's, here's what I think when you have such opposite sides of view, you need those people to stay in the lane and to stay in the vision of those who are so radically left or right, because what if you're the only voice that they hear? And what if that one thing that you say that one time strikes a chord and causes them to say, wait a minute, let me, let me find out more about why you feel or think the way you do. And, you know, I, I know what the Bible says about, you know, um, people who, you know, want to read your fortunes and, you know, about necromancy and all of that. I know what it says. Um, and there's a lot of that too. Uh, so this particular demon that comes after Audra in my, in the novel, he, uh, he basically gets after her about what, what the Bible says she is and isn't. And he's like, you don't get a seat at the table. You decided, you know, to walk with the spiritual gift. And it says in the Bible that you're, you are an abomination, you're blasphemous. And, and so it causes her to doubt mm-hmm. and doubt her faith and doubt, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Oh, wow. So there's, there's a lot of emotional, like spiritual struggle in it, but it's, I worked very hard to not make it preachy. Like 
there's no sermon in there, you know, there, there are all, all of those little morsels are just, you know, nipped and tucked in, you know, throughout the storyline. That's really cool. Thank you. So why don't we hear a couple excerpts from it? Oh my. Cause the, okay. this is the part I am the most excited about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me, let me find something good. <laughs> She's just going to okay. magically read through her whole book right, at once. So this is, no, I'm not going to read through the whole thing. So this is um, a hangout between oh, these earbuds. Do. I have really tiny ear holes, I think. <laughs> these earbuds don't like me. Do you want these? No, I'm okay. Sure? Yeah. Right. So this is uh, Audra, our main character, and her best friend Nadia and a friend of theirs, Ava, hanging out in their room. And uh, there's just some fun, witty banter. And then all of a sudden, one of the... Uh, let's say, ghost inhabitants of the apartment who's kind of a messenger suddenly shows up and kind of breaks up the party. Oh. <clears throat> Don't feel too bad, Ava. Look at this tangled mess. It's any wonder she can't find anything, I asked, gesturing to the large multicolored tangled nest of necklaces splayed across her bed. What this woman needs is a jewelry armoire, said Ava. Yeah, or a lower limit on her credit card, I said under my breath. I heard you, Trollop, called Nadia from her closet. Don't be mean to me just because I wasn't born with the frugal bone, okay? I can't take it with me when I go. I might as well enjoy it while I'm here, right? Yeah, yeah. You've got a long while before you go anywhere, Chiquita. We still have to rule the world one day, and don't you forget. Well, y'all, there's no guarantees in this life, spoke up Ava. Just last week, we had a woman come into the ER. She was 28, non-smoker, in perfect health, and she just keeled over when she went out to dinner. She had a brain aneurysm, and we couldn't bring her back. Just like that, you know, game over. We never know when our time has come. Nadia and I were staring at Ava's flawless face as she spoke. I was feeling suddenly very heartsick, and I wanted to call Reed for no reason other than to just hear his voice. I felt a strange uneasiness pull in my insides. Do you get off talking about death, Ava? Asked Nadia as she chuckled and stuffed an animal at her. No, but seriously, you guys, don't you ever think about these things? She said, unaffected. Ava, my love, we work with nail polish, not scalpels and syringes. Death isn't a part of our every day. Nadia stopped short and glanced my way. I focused my eyes on my iced tea as I took a swig. Interesting choice of words. Sorry, y'all, I wasn't meaning to be a downer, she said sweetly. No, it's all good. We can't imagine how many brain cells you have massacred poring over terminology textbooks, but those days are behind you now. Now you must also mingle with us normal folk and not discuss death as if it's your breakfast, Nadia said, patting her hand patronizingly with a staged plastic grin. Sorry, you have such a social miscreant on your hands, Ava grinned and nudged Nadia's shoulder. Well, I'm sure there's a 12-step program for you somewhere, I smiled. We all laughed out loud. I was sitting on Nadia's bed with legs folded under me, and Ava sat to my right. Nadia was walking around her room aimlessly and checking herself out in the full-length mirror of her closet door. As I attempted to untangle a mass of necklaces, I felt Eli enter the room. I looked up and saw him standing in Nadia's doorway. He was pale as ever, but there was a seriousness to his face that caught my attention immediately. He cocked his head to the side and motioned out the door and down the hallway. I nodded as small as I could and drained the last swig of my tea. I need a refill. Anyone else? I asked. Nope, I'm good, said Ava, pulling apart a mess of bangle bracelets. I strode out of Nadia's door and down the hall to the living room. Eli made it to the edge of the sofa and then spun around abruptly, and I let out a yell little yelp. 
Hey, what's that about? I postured. Don't let her find it, Audra. She can't find it. Eli was looking at me so fiercely and with such tenacity, I was immediately on edge. The lowest area of my bowels yanked into a knot. Don't let her find what? I hedged. The present. He left it. Somewhere in there, he said as he pointed down the hall to Nadia's room. My ears started ringing and saliva flooded my mouth so quickly I thought for sure I was going to throw up. I spun on my heel and headed back down to Nadia's room. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> That's, ooh, okay. So as soon as you get your headphones back on, <laughs> how old right. are these characters? 25. Okay. Audra's that's... 25. But Eli, the, the little spirit that was mentioned, he is a boy of about six or seven. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. The present. The present. <laughs> well, now I'm sad. <laughs> well, well, don't be sad I, I for Eli. I have more questions. Ask Wait. them all. Okay. Ask all Hold your on. questions. Hold on. Okay. So he says he left it. Who is he? The you red man. You aren't going to tell me. Who the hell's the red? <laughs> You'll have to read it to find out. This is going to be one of those things I'm going to have to take notes while I read it, aren't I? No. It's <laughs> not like, difficult yeah, to follow right. or difficult to understand, <laughs> and I did that on purpose. Great. <laughs> I promise. I promise. Okay. So keep in mind you were just plopped down in the center there. Yeah. You know, like add it with no context, but that's just how the book moves. And that was only two pages. That right. was like, and that was all of that. Twists and turns yeah. in two pages. Okay. So who, you aren't going to tell me who the red man is? Nope. Okay. Eli's six or seven. How did he die? We don't actually find that out. But what we do know was that he also was a medium in his actual life. But he plays a very key role in helping Audra get her salvation. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And so from what I gathered, uh, Nadi and Ava, Ava's a nurse? Yeah. And Nadi and and Audra are nail techs? Correct. All right. Because I was a nail <laughs> I was actually a nail tech when I wrote this book and there's a my best friend, when I worked at the salon, her name is uh, Zeta. Hi, Zeta. I don't know if you're going to hear this, but <laughs> hi. Um, I modeled, like, the banter between Audra and Nadia off of the relationship that I had with Zeta. Um, just because yeah, I... we were we were always at each other. Like, we adored each other, still adore each other fiercely. But our favorite way of showing that love was nothing but, like, you know, a barrage of character insults. Yeah, I don't – as soon as you use the word trollop in a sentence, I was like, yep, that's her. That's her. Taking my bow now. Thank you. It's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> I love it. I can't wait. I'm Thank so excited. Um, okay, so here, here's what I always want to know because I don't do paranormal stuff. I don't do – but, like, I'm like you. Like, I oddly love ghost stories, but, like, I can't do – scary movies i can't do ghost tours or anything like that like tell me about them but i will not go do them so for somebody like me what mm -hmm. is your advice going into this book honestly there is more i think heavy material to mentally and emotionally digest and it's not so boo ah like <laughs> scary you know boo, ah. 
Yeah, it's not it's not flash in the pan, like jumping around the corner. Um, it's not about that. There's a lot of pain and a lot mm-hmm. of heartbreak. It's more of an emotional roller coaster. I would th- I would you know say than it is a you know one of those like just scare tactics and and flash for fear. It doesn't do a whole lot of that. There is quite a bit of suspense. Yeah, I say that there's absolutely okay. suspense, but it's not. This is not like, you know, it's not like trying to read like if The Conjuring were written or written as a book. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, not like that, that level at all. Gotcha. At all. No, this is this is more of a suspense kind of of thing. I wouldn't even necessarily. I don't know if I, if thriller would even be the right word. That is technically by all rights and passages the genre. Um, you know, I, I had a really hard time pinpointing it, but a paranormal thriller because of the suspense and the, you know, who done, oh, and then there's some, uh oh, are, is, is, are they involved in this? Like, can mm. I trust them? Mm. You know, like, I thought I knew them. Maybe I don't. You know, maybe this is a loose end I need to tie off. So it's, it's, Kind of, in some parts, could even be compared to a murder mystery. I don't like things thrown in just for shock value. Just mm-hmm. because, ooh, you know, oh, it was so gross. It was so disturbing. It was so disgusting. Some things in life can be like that, sure. Um, but I don't want to shove that in my reader's face and make them sick. There's, there's enough hard things in life (laughs) without being like look at this look at this it's isn't it really gross that that's never really appealed to me so there's not you know there is some blood there is a little bit of gore there's some things that definitely are gonna creep people out but I feel like it's very true to the story and I don't feel like there's anything unnecessarily laden in it I know you well enough to say, <laughs> I think you'll enjoy it. Okay. Okay. Well, my we mother all know read Aaron it. loves a good murder book. So <laughs> my mother read it and it is absolutely not her genre. And she mm-hmm. doesn't like being creepy crawly, anything. She is not a fan. Like she loves Jennifer Love Hewitt. She couldn't watch certain episodes of The Ghost Whisperer. Oh, so, interesting. <laughs> so, and I, and she got all the way through my book and enjoyed all of it. And uh, for those of you who don't know Mama Kim, she will tell me the truth. It's yeah. not, uh, I love you, everything you do is perfect, my daughter. It's, I love you and I know how good you are. Let me tell you how you can fix this. <laughs> she yeah. actually genuinely loved it, which to me, that was like the cherry on top. Like the fact that my mother didn't have, honestly, any critiques for me, that was huge. Yeah, no that kidding. was huge. And the fact that I su- could surprise her was really cool, too, because she and I are those like, oh, I know he did it. Like the, in the whodunit <laughs> mystery, like, oh, I already figured out who the killer is. And we still got 40, 40 minutes in this film. I already figured it out. She's like, I didn't see this coming. I didn't see that coming. And I'm like, I surprised you. Dude, That's so I, exciting. I straight up win. I don't care. Like, I mean, it would be lovely, but I if nobody else buys this book, my mother approved. <laughs> like, my mother there you go. loved this book, and that meant the world to me. Because she is the person that would tell me, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, she would be like, 
this was weak. This needs fixed. That was not necessary. But she's like, this was this part was really difficult, but it was so necessary. And it just, oh, it hurt to read, but it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. I was I was pleasantly surprised, bowled over. I think I sobbed for a straight hour on the phone with her after she finished it. Aw. Yeah. We love Mama Kim and her honest, Mom. very, very honest reviews of things. Yes. Absolutely. Well, I mean, she's she's the compass, you know. She's my mm -hmm. compass. She's my true north. So I can always count on her to be honest with me. If I'm screwing it up, she's going to tell me. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Well, I can't wait to read it. My copy will be here sometime next week. Of course, I will be telling everybody what I think about it on my Instagram stories. I know Katie's going to be telling everybody. Katie, have you read this version or are you still going through it? I have not read this version yet. I was waiting until my hard copy shows up this weekend. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exciting. So I, I'm very stoked. I cannot wait because I know there's there's a lot of new stuff in this that I have not, yeah. you know, been privy to. So I'm very, very stoked for that. And I'm very, very proud of what you have done. I I know that this book is phenomenal. Now I just can't wait to reread it and actually like get all the new details. <laughs> Thank you. I do have two book signings coming up, one of which is going to be here in our hometown of Delaware, Ohio at Rise um, Event Center on South Sandusky Street, and that's going to be the day after my birthday. It's going to be Friday, July 29th, and then in August, uh, Thursday, August 11th, I am going to be at Dalton Union Winery in Marysville, Ohio, doing a reading and a signing. Fun. Living your best Carrie Bradshaw life if Carrie Bradshaw wrote ghost stories. I mean, <laughs> there's an aspiration right there. Right. I don't think Carrie could sing, though, could she? No. Well, well technically, she was one of uh, – she played Annie at some point in her career on Broadway. Okay, so she must be able to sing. Okay, so we'll take it. But she SJP, doesn't really sing much anymore. hop on the train. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. Well, tell everybody where they can find the White Lantern and where they can find you. All right. I am. I have an Instagram. You can follow me at Leslie Ann Alex, and that's Ann with an E. Um, I also have a page for White Lantern on Facebook. It's just White Lantern, and it will look like this. It will look like the cover art. I'll send you guys a JPEG of the cover art so you can post it with your socials and when we advertise for this. Uh, but White Lantern is available in paperback and hard copy right now on Amazon and soon will be coming to Barnes & Noble Press and Ingram Sparks. Thank you for coming on and talking about the book. I was Thank so excited you. for this. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys having me. Katie, congratulations on wrapping season Thank two you. of your podcast. And you. congratulations to you guys. Music on the Move is doing big things, and I'm really, really excited to be a part of this family and under the umbrella, and not just because I'm related to this one. <laughs> well, even if you weren't, we'd still love you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That means a lot, and I love you guys too very, very much. Well, thanks for hanging out, guys. Uh, I'm not the host of this podcast, but I took over for Katie because I had all the questions. <laughs> well, we needed your questions. They were, they were, you know, important. And I she have and more I could questions, just... but you're not going to answer them. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe off air, Aaron. Maybe off air. Okay. Who the off. hell is the red man? <laughs> That's going to drive me nuts. I hope you know that. <laughs> Love it. You'll have to read it. You'll figure it out.
Okay. Huh? You're going to get a text from me at like 2 in the morning. Holy shit! Yep. <laughs> Set, text me, baby. Text me. Blow up my phone. I will love it. You're going to just get like all the red emojis and just like me going <laughs> like that. It's going to be yep. great. It's going to be welcome. great. You're welcome ahead of time. Well, thanks for tuning in this season, everybody. We really appreciate it. And stick around throughout the course of the summer. Aaron and I are both going to be doing some touring. So we are actually going to scale back the amount of episodes that we release. But they will be here and there. And there will probably be a few minisodes to, to catch up on. But season three will air in February of 2023. Thanks for hanging out, guys. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.